You talk now. I got you now. Uh, uh, okay. I when you mute me, I couldn't hear anything other than what you, the intro. Was there was there music that you played there, or was, uh, did I miss something? Yeah. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Friday, May 15th, I believe, or 16th. It doesn't matter. We are in isolation and it is not great. This is your host, Brock Fleming. And we have a special, I have a special intro for my co-host. At point guard, standing 6'2", 220, Lebanese Stallion from the Darcy McGee GGs. Number 32 in your books and number one in your hearts. This is Pep Cariotti. You heard it that time? Oh, that's so good. Nobody knows. What but time we, is it? We recorded this earlier, and he didn't hear the music, so we did it all over again so he can hear it. I needed him to hear it. Oh. I tell you, that, that stuff gives me goosebumps. That song gives me goosebumps. That music gives me goosebumps. I, sure. I'm not immune to it. Um, <clears throat> okay, so whatever. We're social distancing. We're in our separate domains. Um, internet is thick with traffic tonight so we will take breaks should there need be and some uh, disconnections you know we're on uh, video chat right now and it looks like we're in the same room because the paint job looks exactly the same which is kind of creepy but <laughs> I know. Um, this is a lot more stable than what we were just on uh, facetime i think is a hot uh, hot platform tonight for a lot of people so uh, we're in uh, what, are, what, are, what are we technically we're just on is this just basically facebook messenger is that this what, is, is facebook that messenger yep i do know that facebook uh, and this is what i'm not plugging facebook but they got a new thing called rooms which is uh, supposed to basically compete with like a zoom and like more group chat uh type environments tried that out the other day worked pretty good there's really a plethora of apps that you can use for them it's just a matter of who, who's using what at what time um, but I must have doubled the amount of apps on my phone and iPad in the last little while because I needed to be able to cater to whoever needed to chat. Um, cause I'm so popular and everybody wants to talk to me. No, but it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it just takes one person that has, it and you're like, yeah, sure. I'll download it. Whatever. <laughs> uh, sports are, uh, scarce these days. Uh, the UFC oh. has come back. Uh, that's the, probably the first live one. I think NASCAR is on next. Um, but Pep, you got a little show for us and, and you really taking the reins about it today. I am going to go into one segment, um, that I need to address and then the controls to you. You yeah, good? Man. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect. <coughs> I guess I forgot that you never, ever make a mistake. All right, so this is on a personal note after the uh, the GOAT episode that we did. Um, I am on record of saying that this 
series called The Last Dance, uh, featuring Michael Jordan's last season so and the good. Bulls. Um, you know, I watch it as captivating. Uh, but I, I did say something to the fact where the majority of time or every single time I watch a show like that, that uh, spotlights an athlete or a team and really dives in deep, you start getting a connection with those players. And I, I like them. I start following them. I root for them. And I was saying that this one is just all it is is fueling my dislike for Michael Jordan. And I have to say that after you know, episode six or halfway through it, I'm starting to have a better understanding of who MJ was and what he was trying to do and what he really brought to, um, or what he was trying to bring to his team and his competitive nature. Um, this is not an admission or a, uh, a change in my choice of who I think the, the, the greatest of all time is still, I still am a LeBron supporter. Um, but I do understand Michael Jordan. Uh, a couple of notes I was making while I was watching the the last episode or the last one I watched was, you know, the, the time where they beat Seattle on Father's Day. And there was the, the pics of him on the floor crying, holding the uh, the ball. And uh, I remember at the time, I really thought that he was doing it for the attention. You know, I always felt... Uh, and, you know, I felt Michael Jordan was trying to get the attention, the way he was yelling at the refs and talking to them and the way he was, you know, pleading his case for fouls or this and that. I always thought he was looking for attention. That didn't help anything, um, you know, but the way it ex- it's explained during this series is he really had no opportunity to really grieve his father's passing, his father's murder. Um, and, you know, if it all kind of culminated, culminate, culminated, is that a word? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? At that specific time, you know, yeah. I get it. And then during the episode, I found I was really pissed off with like the camera guys. I'm like, the fuck are you doing in there? Move. Like yeah. give the man some space. So I, I felt almost instead of the distaste for like, oh, look at Jordan, what he's doing. It was more like uh, give the man some privacy, like let him deal with his emotions. So that was one thing. The other thing was the competitive nature, like his, his drive you know, I, nobody can question his drive. I get it. His expectations for his teammates and like what he was trying to do and the way he was explaining it. I actually, I say I relate to it. No, I'm not playing for a, a national championship, world champion, basketball, professional team, football team, whatever. But there was a time, my first, first year playing football back here in Canada, I was on a team that was stacked but they had also won it the year before, before I graduated Colgate and came back. They had already won the Vanier. And I, you know, I remember thinking all these guys were walking around wearing their rings and it was like they had already, they had reached what they wanted. They weren't hungry enough for the second year and we didn't meet expectations to where we should have been. And you know, I know basketball is a different entity than football, but I know internally I was losing it and I probably would have liked to have done stuff that Jordan was doing and be a bit more vocal and be a bit more, um, uh, I guess trying to light a fire under these guys butts kind of thing. So anyway, I appreciate that. The other thing was Shaq, uh, Shaq's comments on Jordan where he thinks that, you know, he would average 45 points a game this, uh, in this league. He, he could be right. Um, but I also, that also brought up to, you know, a point of where I thought that everybody thinks that the era they played in was the best era. I do that still. I watch kids play football, and I'm like, well, that the, the, the league here is not anywhere near what it used to be, blah, blah, blah. It's all that kind of old mentality. Um, but then the whole thing with Jordan's 
tact with his teammates and being really hard on them and all that kind of stuff translating into nowadays i just don't know if the the players nowadays could handle that kind of uh pressure from their teammates and then it started me got me thinking on like players in general and society like are we just a weaker society um mentally in some of the aspects when it comes from athlete like athletes and stuff and i guess that's where the question i would kind of pose to you not to get into a huge dialogue but that's sort of you know the more i think about it i'm just kids just aren't as strong mentally i find as they were back in the day well that's you know that's a it's a good point we see a lot of whenever we i read anything on facebook about you know participation awards and uh, it, it fuels people's anger towards like, well, wh- why are we dishing out participation awards when, you know, uh, one team deserved it more than the other. And, and that leads to your, your point. When I talk, when I think about Jordan, you know, I, I don't think Kobe Bryant was, was hard on his teammates, if not harder. I mean, he would humiliate guys in practice, ask Sasha Vucevic, ask uh, Radmanovic, ask Gasol, and Kobe Bryant was a jerk in practice, but he he also wanted to get the most out of his teammates and knew that he had to push these guys because really, individually, those guys I just named off are, are like below average players. So, you know, Jordan understood that, you know, it was his team with Pippen and they couldn't afford to really fill a team with superstars because they have a cap and Chicago was pretty cheap. Um, so he had to milk everything he could from the guys in practice and you know, if you look at Judd Bushler and Steve Kerr and all those guys, I remember those guys. And I, I remember watching thinking, I don't know how the hell they do it. Like these guys are, these guys wouldn't be on a bench on another team, let alone play. Um, so, but yeah, uh, when you say the goat, I saw a, a really interesting list the other day. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but um, I did want to address your, your point. I saw a really, a really great list. There was a list of the best scorers and the best all around players. So they had five guys who were like like Jordan, Kobe, and I can't remember the other guy. Iverson, I think, was on that list too. And then on the other side, it was Bird, Magic, and LeBron. And I thought that's a little more indicative of, of how to evaluate these guys overall. I don't think you can compare GOAT. I mean, if you really you want to compare stats and go, Kareem's the GOAT. Like he's he played the longest. He scored the most points. Uh, he played through three decades. He won five titles. Uh, you know, the guy was in college. I think they, I don't think they lost a year when he played for, um, UCLA. Mm. I mean, <laughs> so it's really, really hard. And then you got the whole debate with eras, but you know, just to be fair to your point, I've been trying to look up LeBron and some of his highlights and, um, his stats are incredible and he, he's not finished. Like he, he's going to end up writing his own narrative. If he wins a title with LA, I don't care who he's playing with. You could have an all-star team. If he wins another title, he's right. He's got to be in the discussion. He's got to be there. Like, mm. you know, no other guy that I know rebounds and scores and passes better than him. You know, Jordan could yeah. have, but they needed Jordan to score. So Jordan couldn't do it all. He needed to score. Like right. he had to score. That's they didn't have any, Pippen wasn't a tremendous scorer. He was a, Pippen was a great all around player, but Jordan was a pure score and they needed that. Otherwise they weren't going to compete. So, well, that's how they work so well together. Pippen complimented Jordan. It's perfect. It's you know perfect. what I mean? Like, so he was perfect. able to do that and allow Jordan to do just scoring, focus yeah. on that, where, you know, LeBron's had to do everything. Anyway. Yeah, it's, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, uh, 
I don't know, maybe I'm romanticizing Kobe's career now because he's passed away. But the more I look at Kobe, like he played 20 seasons. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't know any other guys that looked like Jordan on the court more than him. Armband on the left arm. Uh, he wore his shorts. His, the there's way his a whole highlight series of actual overlays of Michael Jordan and Kobe's moves that are identical. Carbon copy. From the same yeah. spot in the court, from the same everything. It's yeah. It's it's uncanny for a lot of it, but that's also wild, from eh? that speaks to Jordan and what Kobe is studied as a as a young kid and what probably yeah. got him into basketball, and then he goes right to the NBA. So you know he's that's what he knows. Anyway, I do want to say this about Jordan. I'm not a huge Jordan post post career guy. Like I, he's been quiet. He's been an abomination. It was just basically him ripping a bunch of people, his high school coach. He ripped Krause. He, I, I was just so unimpressed. I've been un- unimpressed with him after basketball. And what we're seeing in, in this, the last dance is kind of who he is after basketball, aggressive and arrogant. And like, you know, you don't hear magic or bird talk like that. All they ever do is like, they praise the hell out of him, you know? Yeah. So it, it, like, it's time for Michael to step back and maybe, um, just pass the torch you know, it's his torch, but maybe flame someone else's torch for a bit because he's he's the goat. He's the goat, but you gotta understand that it's it, he's far, so far removed from basketball. It's a different era. Two thousand four. I mean, it's sixteen years ago. The game is different. There are new great stars in the league now. When was the last time you saw a guy six eleven dribble up and down the court, dunk, shoot threes like Giannis Antetokounmpo? Like it, it's a different game. It's you know we're going to see a whole generation of new stars. Steph Curry is shooting threes from half court. That, that never the, happened in the NBA. Is that the uh, Antetokounmpo from the Bucks or for the future Raptors? Maybe. <laughs> oh, that'll be a whole other podcast, right. pal. Um, I I don't see that not happening. But anyway, we'll we'll get to that some other time. Yeah, you know, Brock, you, your your opinion is we everyone respects it, and you brought up valid points. And and you know, guys like Dan Case are on, are who I really respect uh, his basketball knowledge. Uh, fully agree with you that LeBron is what we're seeing is history. Like we never see a guy like this. You know, it's for me, it's LeBron on the defensive end that separates him from Jordan. So anyway. All right. Well, uh, that's the end of my mistakes, but I wanted to address that saying I fully am enjoying that series. I understand MJ a lot better. I totally agree with you in terms of even with the, the interviews of Mike today, that doesn't help me like Michael Jordan any better. It's, it's the stuff in the back that, you know, I, I understand, but him as a, I just, the way he comes off, it just doesn't sit super well with me anyway. Um, but on another note, the soundtrack to the Last Dance show is awesome. So it's on Spotify. Yeah. Somebody's made one, The Last Dance. You know, I got a couple of options to go out to today. We're going out to something, but there's it's just constant banger that yeah. brings me back to the good old days. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Yes, sir. Pep? Well, tell you what. Why don't we uh, why don't we take a quick break so I can have another sip of my Red Stripe because uh, today's show is sponsored by Red Stripe. Red and, Stripe. And uh, we'll come right back after this uh, quick break. Sounds good. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and we are back. And Brock, as you and Curtis probably know, I am a uniform freak. I love. Uh, a new uniform. I love the vintage stuff and all, 
all sports. I'm a huge uniform assessor. Um, Chris Creamer has a great website on, I think it's chriscreamer.com. And all it is is the history of uniforms for each each team and each uh, sport. So the NFL, in an unprecedented move, had seven teams change or alter their uniforms this year. That is un- that's never been seen. Even when Nike took the contract over from Reebok in 2012, they didn't tinker with many of the uniforms. They just, you know, it's just basically the Nike swoosh now. Yeah. Um, I think the quality of the jersey changed. Like the, a lot of the teams used to have that meshy kind of jersey. And now with Nike, it's more of a, like a dry fit kind of material, which I don't really like. But um, mm. actual design, seven teams changed, changed their look this year, which is, again, unheard of. Um, and I really like some of the moves and a couple were so, so, but, um, just, just your thoughts. The Tampa Bay bucks went back to their old look from the, their, their, um, great cup. Jeez. Their super bowl, uh, their super bowl victory, Warren Sapp. Um, they Michael were wearing Stott. some hideous uniforms the last couple of years. What do you think of the change? Uh, it's good. It's not as dramatic as I would have liked. Obviously I, I'm partial to the creamsicle uniforms so i would have liked a a modern spin on that uniform but otherwise i think like the logo on the helmet i like that it's bigger and it stands out better and um, yeah you know i think overall it's definitely a step in the right direction i just you know i wish you know tom brady going there it's the you know they actually went back and, and really changed the whole look Oh, the top of Bay Gronkineers really go with that, uh, that orange. <laughs> hey, they could have gone. I thought they could have gone like the current logo with the old colors, you know, that, yeah. that flag on the helmet, but where that, like there were some good mock-ups that we saw on the internet. Uh, anyway, I, I like the upgrade. It's not a huge upgrade. It's just basically going back to what they wore in the early two thousands. Better than those alarm clock dealies they were wearing the last couple of years. Awful. Um, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I think they just, it was like change for the sake of change. I hated the, the Falcons uniforms uh, after Michael Vick. They had beautiful uniforms at Sanders. I don't know why they just went out with all this piping, but that was the thing in the early 2000s. So they went ahead and changed it. The only thing on the helmet is really now they're wearing a chrome face mask instead of a black one. Uh, Which I like. I like yeah. the chrome face mask. I think overall, yeah. again, I would have liked to see them go back to like the, uh, yes. the MC Hammer days and the Dion days yes. at that point. But and then somebody posted a picture of I think Matt Ryan and it was a split screen with uh, Adam Sandler in the uh, uh, oh, nine uh, yards uh, or longest uh, yard uh, or whatever. Longest yard. Yeah, and the uniforms were like spot Game on. Change. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah, you lost me on that. <laughs> I know. I, I think um, I think it's a step in the right direction. I didn't really like their uniforms. It may pop. It may look really good on on field. They're white with black pants. Kind of look like the red blacks. It, it, We'll see. It's an upgrade. So again, I'll give it a thumbs up just as an upgrade. Uh, they have a retro uniform as part of their group that uh, that you talked about, the uh, Deion Sanders days. It's in there because it's a black helmet. All they have to do is change decal. So um, anyway, it's an upgrade. It's not a tr- big upgrade, but it's uh, better than what they were wearing. Uh, the LA Rams, they just released their uniforms the other day. Eric Dickerson says they're soft. Um, Was he like talking the about the scheme. uniforms or the team in general? I think he, the, the, the uniform specifically, he doesn't like the logo rebrand. He doesn't like the colors. Um, I, I, Eric Dickerson is just bitter because in the late 80s, the Rams wouldn't pay him. So uh, 
Yeah. So anything. Anyway, I like the I like the colors. Um, the images that I see, I have to try and get a side view of the helmet a little bit better because the logo itself, I really did not like initially. On the helmet, from what I'm seeing, the angles it doesn't look horrible. Um, I like it, but uh, I mean, the again, the color scheme and where they are is so much better. What is they're only a year removed from wearing a, a blue and yellow helmet with a white and gold jersey and something else like they just mismatched together. It was disgusting. Awful. These are yep. way better. I'm not a big fan of the LA logo with the the horns in it there. Like I don't like that. Nope. But the uniforms themselves, I, I'm I'm yep. down for it. Yep, it's a finally a consistent color scheme, and it's the old blue. Their helmet is actually the same color as a Giants helmet, but with the ram horns. Uh, it's going to look nice. Um, so I'll give that a big thumbs up. I was I was waiting for them. Uh, the Browns just basically went back to old school. Uh, they're keeping the I believe they're keeping the helmet uh, pretty much the same with the brown face mask, but the jersey and pants are back to the uh, '80s and '90s. Thank God. I like them. The Browns. Not much to say. It's an upgrade. No, I like the Browns. I've always liked the Browns uniforms. Um, yeah, yeah they, I like them. They did a good job. So the huge upgrade, um, smart move. The Chargers now, as far as I'm concerned, have the best uniform in the NFL. It's what they did with theirs. It's just like, boom. You know, I know we expected big stuff from the Chargers and Rams because they're moving into that beautiful new building. Uh, but wow, did they never nail this one. Oh, the Chargers uniforms, they have about six different uniforms. They also have a color rush, which is a, the old, the dark, darker blue, like a navy blue with a navy blue uh, lightning bolt, but they're home in a ways. Oh, oh my yellow, God. Yeah. Good. Beautiful. Beautiful. Huge thumbs up. That was, they absolutely nailed it. Yeah. They, they did what I would have hoped, like a team like the Buccaneers would have done. Yes. But uh, they went back to their old stuff and, um, I remember using those uniforms specifically in like some of the Madden games because I was like, those are sharp oh, back in the Tomlinson and the days. number on the helmet. You don't yep. see, like they just went, they went outside the box. They finally set team finally took a chance and went outside the box and did a number on the helmet. I love it. It's great. So it's huge good. thumbs up to the Chargers. It's a refresh out of the, uh, the rivers era. No, yeah, for sure. Um, New England Patriots. There was there was talk that they weren't going to do a whole lot, and that's exactly what they didn't do. They didn't do a whole lot. They uh, the helmets exactly the same. I thought they would change to Pat the Patriot, the that old school one from the eighties with the guy snapping the ball, but uh, no, they kept flying Elvis on the helmet. That's fine. That's fine. Um, the uniform itself, it's really the home their home uniform is essentially what they wore for their color rush. Uh, their roads, I like the upgrade on the roads. The uh, the the white jersey no longer has the piping on the sides. It's nice and clean. So. Um, it's an upgrade for me. I could care less. It's a, it's a dull uniform, but, um, they look a little like the, a little, have a little alouettes in them. The new alouettes, a little alouettes. Yes, they do. Minus the helmet. Absolutely. Uh, and then the Colts, uh, again, to talk about minor tweak, all they did was really add a, I think they added like a fourth logo. It's the state of Indianapolis, uh, like the shape of it with, in the sea. Anyway, it's nice. The, the, the woodmark, the, their numbers are, the, are a little bit different on the jersey. That's pretty much it. You don't mess with a classic. The Colts uniform was one of the best in, in pro sports. So good that they did that. So those are the seven teams. I don't know. Did you, have you seen what the Colts did, Brock? Sorry, I didn't even ask you. Uh, I'm looking at it before and after of the numbers, yeah. and I'm like, really? Like, who sits there and Subtle. says, you know what? Uh, 
this is really going to jazz up our stuff. This is going to sell like hotcakes. I need a number uh, that's got the little dimple on the top. <laughs> anyway, whatever. I, think <laughs> I agree. It's subtle, but it's a change. You know, I don't know. It's an old school jersey now. It looks old, old, older school than it actually was. Um, as far as um, you mentioned, you know, the Bucks going back next year, the helmet rule will change. Um, it was implemented five years ago to do testing on concussions. So the league implemented a rule where each team is only allowed to wear one helmet. So if you did see a throwback on a particular team, it would, they were wearing the same color helmet. They may have changed the decals or, or the face mask with the, with paint, but they couldn't change the actual helmet. Well, that's done next year. So I think what you'll see is the Patriots maybe wear that red retro from the eighties, a couple times a year. I think you'll see Tampa Bay and the creamsicles a couple times a year. So I think that's why they didn't make that full on change. Cause they know that next year they'll be able to wear a second helmet. Houston Oilers, I think might be the, one of the nicer uniforms in the, in the history of football uh, with the Warren moon area I th- era. I think you'll see the Texans go back to that. So maybe that's why these teams didn't go back to the vintage. Cause they know next year they're allowed to do that. So um, uh, what do you think about that? Well, I, I mean, it's great. In terms of again for your uniform porn, that's perfect. Um, you know, that's why you should start watching college football more because they don't have that rule and they have different lids and they have different combos. Awesome. It's amazing. Um, I really quickly just wanted to search it up and find out the reasoning behind the one helmet. I don't understand what correlation that has with the concussions. If it's the same type of helmet, the same fitting, the same everything. I don't understand the purpose of the one helmet versus multiple in terms of a safety. Uh, uh, initially it was testing. But. Like initially it was, it was uh, to keep everybody uniform so that uh, maybe they were, maybe they had a handful of players they were testing. And maybe it's, I, they I wanted really to don't. see how a helmet lasts the whole season. So they wanted to make sure they're wearing it the whole season, as opposed to like, well, I only wore this for two, two games, this one for five games and whatever. Maybe that's yeah. that. I don't know. But um, anyway, I'll, I'll look into that a bit more and see if I can figure that out. But weird. I'm glad they're, the they're going away with it. Yeah. Again, unless it's testing on the specific helmet and how it holds up, then great. But then from a player standpoint, I'm like, do I want you testing on one lid or making me wear one lid just to see yeah. when is this going to fail? No, give me yeah. anyway, whatever. Exactly. Um, teams that need new threads. I think the Broncos would, would be, would benefit from going back to their, uh, their big D on their helmet. And, uh, even if they were to stay with the same color scheme, they just need to change. It's look, it's, it's, it's aged. It hasn't aged well since the Elway days. Uh, they're due for a change. I think the Dolphins should go back to their vintage, uh, the beautiful vintage with Marino. Well, it was one of the nicest uniforms again. Uh, and then the Bengals just, they just need to change their Jersey. I like the Bengals helmet. I think it's unique in pro sports and, but I don't like the two, there's too much color on their jerseys. Like it just, you just go black and orange. Like, dude, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. I don't think the Dolphins should go back to the stupid logo with the dolphin wearing the helmet. <laughs> yeah. But you don't, you like the, 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 <laughs> like the, you like so the one dumb. they have now. It's a, you know what I mean? Like it's fitting that uh, Marino's an Ace Ventura because it, f- it feels like that. Like it's a <laughs> character out of Ace Ventura. Put a helmet on a dolphin. Who thought that was good? But anyway, uh, the color scheme I like. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. the logo, get no, get out of here. That's okay. even All you right. brought up the Blue Jay one and put it on your Facebook and said which ones do you like? And. It's the beak of the old Blue Jay. You picked a couple of them. The beak of the Blue Jay is all round, and I, ugh, I don't know why. Just get rid of it. Anyway, <laughs> it reminds me of a dolphin okay. nose or whatever. Fair. Hey, listen. I thought it was cute. 
I mean, I, uh, I like the helmet <laughs> okay, on the dolphin. It was original sure. and you know, what are you going to do? Um, just to end this conversation, I think, well, actually I'm pretty impressed how fast we went through this because I, you know, me, right. Nitpick yeah. to the socks, but I, uh, the score this week, um, who I tend to reference a lot for some of my stories. So thank you to the score for my sports entertainment. Uh, they, this week they counted down their top 100 uniforms of all time in all sports. I'm not going to name all hundred, but I am going to tell you the top 10. Uh, again, I don't agree with their top 10. There's a couple in here that are like, I, I could think of better uniforms. A lot of college football teams made uh, the top 20, but I'm just going to give you the top 10. Uh, at 10, it was Croatia's soccer team. It's a, like a, it's, yeah, it's a okay, plaid Start at nine. Shirt. That's nobody Next. cares. I say nobody Next. cares. Nobody listening to this is expecting any soccer talk. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> the chargers, the chargers of the sixties, which is essentially what they're wearing now. Okay. Um, that was number nine. Uh, the red Blackhawks red made number eight. Beautiful uniform. Uh, 49ers home Jersey. Number seven, uh, Notre Dame. Did they say just Jersey? Home. What's that? Sorry. Did they just say Jersey like 49ers home Jersey. Yeah. Because a football jersey you, you know, itself, uniform, is, okay, uniform. okay, uniform, head to toe. Yeah, that's the red um, with the gold pants and gold helmet. Yeah, these are uh, iconic. These are iconic uniforms so far, except for whatever number ten was, some Croatian soccer team. But everything else is like an iconic one, where it's like it's basically stood the test of time, and it's been yeah, you know, just anyway, continue. But but that's. But that speaks volumes on what I think on what people like. They like I vintage. Suppose. You know, I, someone put a, a picture of the Minnesota North Stars, and and uh, it, I think it, the caption was, "What does this name me? A player, a memory?" And it was like the, that was one of the nicest jerseys. I remember that old uh, that that green with the N. Beautiful. It's so beautiful now like because vintage. I think yes, I think vintage. I like vintage. I like vintage, but I yeah. like vintage. When it's no longer vintage and you're like, well, these suck. Let's go back to vintage. It's great. <laughs> but if it's the same vintage over and over and over, you're kind of like, eh, I'm over it. So that North Star for the last 40 years would have been like, okay, we're done with the North Star. But because they went to the Carolina Hurricanes, you didn't see them. And now you're like, hey, it's cool. The Hartford Whalers. Hey, it's such awesome. It's, 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 it's vintage. But at, if you just had that for the last 50 years, I'd, I'd, time to move on. Figure something else out. But it's you, you no, get tired of it. That's an excellent point for sure. We 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 come to miss them. I I'm with you. Um, I'm just this isn't my list. This is their yeah. the, this is their list. Notre Dame made number six. Their home football. Notre Dame football. Yeah. Uh, number five was the '80s Lakers home and away. I which is in okay. the '80s. It was a beautiful. Well, we're going to keep you guys on pins and needles to find out what the rest of that top ten is because Pep just broke up. So we're going for a break, and we'll be right back. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, so we're back from break. I have Pierre back with me. Pierre, we were at, so we just finished Notre Dame, and then you had the Lakers from the 80s that you were probably going yeah. off on a little nostalgic rant there, and then the internet said, that's enough, and cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Where are we at? Uh, number four was North, North Carolina basketball. Number four, okay. uh, three, like you said, the test of time. Three, two, and one are a test of time. Yankees, Yankees. home. Number, number two is the Montreal Canadiens, home and away. And uh, number one is the Vegas Raiders. That made number one. 
Well, because it's essentially the same as the Los Angeles Raiders and the Oakland Raiders, right? It's a beautiful uniform. It's a beautiful uniform. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Well, the, the top 10, here's the, the uniforms that haven't changed in 50 years and people like them. <laughs> if you go onto the score, if you have the app, uh, you can see all 100 and from, I think from 20 to 11, there's a couple of college football. I think Texas football made was like 14 or 15. See, okay. Orange. I know Ten- the criteria Tennessee was there. Yeah. Texas, Tennessee, Oklahoma would be in there probably. Um, yeah. Alabama was higher up. Alabama was like in the nineties, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, probably like yeah, uh, USC's all those ones that just haven't changed in forever. Yeah. Um, yep. Florida state might be there even who knows. I, I don't like them, but, uh, yeah. All right. I see their criteria. Yeah. It's not my top 10. I like some different stuff, but, um, c'est la vie and score. You Good it. job. You that guys get paid score. more than we do. So that's fine. Uniforms. Excellent. All right. What do you got next for us? Okay. Are you taking a break after, uh, the last two. Uh, let's take a, like a super fast break and we'll come back with headlines. It's as fast as we want to make it. That's what we do here. This is the old. This is the old headliners. I'm like, where's the? <laughs> we have a lady to say it now, don't we? It's the old one. This is the new one. Headlines with Brock and Pep. Forgot about the Superman one. We hadn't used that in so long. Yeah, it's, it kind of sounds presidential too, a little bit. Eh? It sounds like the like the VP and the president are about to step out onto the podium and talk COVID. But well, it's no, we're talking headlines, that the, folks. The button is an orange color. Then that's how I'll remember that. Oh, that's when we use yeah. perfect <laughs> presidential. That's amazing. Um, we are talking headlines, and you know, Brock, you had mentioned that we're on a hi- sports hiatus, but you know, there is a sniff of uh, hope in the air with the NBA starting to consider what a playoff format might look like. The NHL, I think is doing the same. They're talking venues, they're talking safety. So I, I think we're, ah, I think there's, there's hope on the horizon that we can might, might actually at least get a playoff out of the NBA, but mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I, um, I'm, I hope, I hope to God there's something soon because uh, I, I can't go all summer without watching any kind of sports. The MLB, I think, is discussing something. Speaking of the MLB, considering a universal DH for the AL and NL, not just for this year but moving forward, what do you think? Uh, initially, I uh, I was kind of for it, but then I start. I'm like, why can't pitchers hit every other level? I think they hit, don't they? So I'm just kind of like, why? would they not hit it makes it a bit more interesting if i want to see a i don't know a marcus stroman hit or uh uh i don't know i know they're easy outs for them the most part but i guess if you're talking salaries and if you have a pitcher they can actually hit at the same time might be garnered more but i guess longevity is probably better just to have an even for the dh but all the traditionalists are going to say why are you screwing around with it like that's what you know that's a 
traditionalists like quirky things and baseball's quirkiest thing is that half of the league has pitchers hitting and half the league doesn't. And then what's going to happen when they get together in the, in the world series. And when they're at one location, they're hitting when they're at another location, they're not. And then the, the gameplay around managing that and figuring out who's going to be pitching on what night, because he's a better hitter, not a better hitter. You know, it's uh, I don't know. I think it's, it'll be a shame if they do decide to do it. I think it's, that'll be that like, it'll never go back. And we'll be talking about the time that pitchers, you know, of half the league used to hit. So, you know, it's funny what, like, so in the, if the pitcher is like completely eliminated from the offense in the AL because he's throwing or whatever the case is, and you know, they don't want to wear him out. That must be the reason. Then what about the catcher? The catcher is in a squat position for three hours, you know, and he handles the ball just as much as the pitcher does. You know, he takes a beating, as a matter of fact. Um, so why wouldn't they have a DH option for a catcher then? You know, catchers have a hard time running as it is. So if you're going to, why don't you just double down then and go have two DHs? You know, you end up getting another roster spot. I'm not suggesting this actually happen. I actually like the DH. I also like the NL for the different the different offense and the different uh, strategy that you need to implement. You know, your bullpen comes into play a little bit more. You have to be smart with your bench when you pull the pitcher. So I do like that factor as well. But um, I'm impartial. I mean, I love the game. I love baseball. I love baseball as as a game, as a pure game, more than any other sport. Like, don't tinker with it. There's nothing wrong with it. I could do without the changing of pitchers every time, but... uh, yeah, it's like if Montreal comes back and then there's no DH, or if Montreal comes back and they're in the American League with Toronto, you're like, it's they're back. I'm happy, but I remember that was part of the the uh, the intrigue as well, is because oh, is it in Montreal or is it in Toronto? Is the pitcher hitting? Is he yeah. not? Like the just the 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 crossover. Anyway, I think it'll lose something, but you know, I think a lot of things are going to be changing anyway. If this is something that you know, allows them to move forward with a better playoff system or something like that. I have no clue, yeah. but, um, yeah, whatever. We'll see. Good segue. Cause speaking of change, the MLB is considering division realignment to decrease the travel time for teams, uh, during the pandemic, you know, having to cross the border or, yeah. or having to fly specifically. So they're trying to organize it so that teams can bus to the next team or, or they might just have a, neutral two or three stadiums and teams will have to live in that vicinity for uh, the duration of the season or whatever the case is. And I think they're talking for all sports, but MLB is talking yeah. about division realignment specifically. So I'm, I it might be interesting. It's only one year, you know, and you're throwing the Jays basically in a mix now you, with, uh, I think Philadelphia was going to be in their division. There was some different teams that would come over from the NL and they would play in a one, one division. So uh, I like it. I mean, I, if it means if it means having baseball, yeah, I mean yes, yeah, and you know as long as it, well, I guess we got to see where this all goes after all this is said and done. But let's say it's you know the the, the quirky year of twenty twenty with that uh, the COVID, and then we have this realignment and the weird shortened season that's all mishmashed. Yeah, it's it it's in, interesting. I think the NBA also was talking, and I think they actually threw Toronto out as a possible location for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, neutral site where they just have all the games between now and the end of the season and playoffs played in Toronto. Um, I think that's a, that might be a testament to how Canada's handling this, um, 
and, and you know the Ford government, even with a provincial standpoint, is handling this this outbreak. Um, anyway, again, it's interesting. Yeah. I think yeah. in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a lot more info on what's actually going to be happening. Uh, but sure. right now it's a, it's definitely, I mean, it keeps us talking. We're discussing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And these are there. This isn't, we're not making this stuff up folks. This has actually been in the news and these are things that the, the, that these leagues are considering and they're having consistent daily dialogue about how they want to move forward. So I'm ex- I'm excited. I think, uh, you know, the consensus is as long as the playoff format isn't compromised too much, teams are okay with regular season tinkering. Because they want the playoffs to be to mean something. They don't want to just have some random tournament and then a luck of the draw. You know, you haven't had a training camp and then a team just comes out of nowhere and wins. So I think just maintaining the integrity of like a seven game series in basketball, I think, is what's really important for some of these guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, hey, listen, I it's all on the table. The uh, playoffs for the NHL and NBA, you know, we're like I just mentioned, if the integrity of the playoffs is maintained. Okay, I'm okay with um, with crowning a champion uh, as long as it's still the sort of a similar format. You still got to win the games. That's all I got to say about yeah, that. Yeah, sixteen games has, to win in the NHL. Yeah, sixteen games to win the and Stanley anybody, Cup. Anybody who has an argument against that, they can just look back to, to 1999. It was an NBA shortened season because of a work stoppage. The Spurs ended up. It was a 56 game season versus 82 games. So that's that's a that's a big chunk of games. They played that out, and they ended up beating the, a Knicks team that really shouldn't have even been there. But again, they just sort of got hot at the right time, and uh, maybe the Knicks wouldn't win. That was the year that Jordan left. So maybe maybe the Bulls, had they stayed together, 56-game shortened season, they might have pulled up another championship. Anyway, there's no asterisks beside the Spurs. They still had to win all those, all those series and then beat the Knicks in the finals. The asterisk, I think, is on the season, but the team shouldn't be discredited. So, you know, I think that that's my opinion on it. And same with the NHL, as long as the format, I think the NHL, there's, there's some bubble teams that are really going to lose out. And same with the NBA, like the Pelicans were making a push. They were the nine seed, but they were making a move and it would have been fun to see ball and Zion and some of the young guys on that team play the Lakers in the first round. That'd have been a really cool series, but we may not see that if they go right to a playoff format. So it's really interesting to see what they're going to do. I don't know your thoughts about that. Well, I'm, I'm, Interested to see what they're going to do, basically. And, uh, you know, I know the, the tradition of the series, so the number of games and what you got to win to get there. But, yeah. you know, you are going to lose some tradition in terms of, you know, there's not going to be fans in the stands or at least yeah. few. So, and it may not be uh, home and home. So you're not getting that, um, you're not getting that same atmosphere, that same. Yeah. Uh, pressure probably too, and the same excitement, all that kind of stuff, and the same advantage for yeah. being home. Um, anyway, there's a lot of things that aren't going to be the same, but numerically speaking, and the format of those playoffs, if they keep it uh, standard, then I think, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, you can't asterisk it. It's still, yeah. hey, you're dealing with the circumstances the way they are. And if you're the team that came out on top, kudos to you. Yep. Yeah. I'm of the same sentiment. So Uh, really quickly, Jeff Hunt leaving the 67s and Red Blacks, is that a cause for concern for CFL? Well, uh, I mean, he's leaving the 67s as well, so it's not like he's just pulling out of the – but it's the same group, right? It's just the whole group that's – Yeah. um, Yeah, I I think there is a cause of concern to a point, especially the timing of it. It's not like he's leaving it in a spot that's like, hey, it's it's all good. There's a lot of – 
unknown and there's a high possibility that there is no CFL season, which means there's a high possibility yeah. that there may never be another CFL season. Um, oh, you know, I there's can't a lot imagine. of I don't even want to think about that. There's a lot of talk about how much money they lose uh, every year from a whole league standpoint, from each individual team, um, how tight of a of a budget they have, <clears throat> and you know, so is he jumping ship before it goes down? You know, I don't know. It's it's not a great you look, have to ask. but it's uh, yeah, it, I, I it, it is concerning. I'm concerned about it. Okay, yeah. I feel the same way, and I, I don't know a lot about a lot when it comes to ownership and uh, how things work. I know the league did lose, uh, I think each team lost X amount of million dollars last year, which is hard to believe because it looks like the league was doing well, maybe minus Toronto. But uh, anyway, I, I hope that they get some federal help. I don't want to see the league disappear. If we have to lose a season, fine, but hopefully the federal government will help the CFL. I know that's a hot topic. I know it's pretty much divided. Like I'd say it's 50-50 with people wanting the feds to help out a Canadian league, but uh, I, I love the CFL. So anyway, um, the Rooney rule, are you, you know what the Rooney rule is in the NFL? Mm, Rudy Rudiger? No, uh, Rooney, sorry. Uh, Dan Rooney, oh, okay. the, uh, See, the, the late owner of the Steelers. Uh, basically the Rooney rule was proposed to the league uh, that you need to interview minority coaches. Okay. Um, you have to interview one minority coach when there's a, when there's a, a, a vacancy. Um, in the last few years, teams have sort of, I think they just forgot that the rule existed. So I think that you're seeing a fewer and fewer minority uh, minorities get head coaching interviews and or GM and or whatever uh, front office. So what they're uh, actually there, there's a proposal on the table. What they're going to vote on is if a team hires a minority coach or a minority GM or somebody in the front office, they'll get draft pick compensation. How do you feel about that? Mm. If you hire a minority coach, you will get, I don't know, maybe another fifth and ca uh, cash consideration as well. So there's motivation to hire them. Okay. Um, I That's think I would, one, have, eh? I I would have a problem with that. If I was a minority coach trying to get into the league, because no matter what now, um, you're always going to be looked at or there's going to be the, it's going to start with all oh, they hired him. They got what draft picks did they get for hiring this guy? Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So are you there on your merit? I think it takes away from a lot of qualified individuals who um, you know, don't need that extra assistance to get in. Um, so I think it, it, it uh, diminishes their credibility a little bit and, and I don't think that's fair. I'm not sure I'm comfortable. It's a precedent that's really like, that's you setting a real interesting precedent by, by, you know, compensating teams and then the, it, teams will use it to their advantage. If they, if they just traded away a fifth, knowing that if they hire this guy, they'll get that fifth back from another team or I just, yeah, it's interesting. there's no, like how long do you have to keep? this coach for so you're hiring a guy yeah. for a year and you're like well i got an extra pick here and something else and then he gets fired yeah. after next year anyway it's just <clears throat> i don't think it's fair uh, or smart to be honest so you know there yeah. there has to be something that um addresses the sort of inequality of minority coaches to non-minority coaches but uh, I don't think this is the, the best way to go about it. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. 
I follow James Harrison on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and the guy's a freak. I think I saw him like sled pull 2,000 pounds or something the other day. He's just a freak of nature. But today he publicly denied uh, Mike Tomlin handing him an envelope of cash after he hit Muhammad Masakoy, the Cleveland Browns receiver, in 2010. He hit him and got fined 75K by the league. And there was a report saying that James Harrison said after the game, Tomlin handed him an envelope of money, which is illegal, to cover the the fine. Um, Harrison came out this afternoon and said Tomlin never never asked, never put a bounty on anybody. Masakoy wasn't on their bounty list, um, but he didn't really address the envelope of cash. <laughs> so let's just let's just take Tomlin's word because the, the Steelers have obviously denied it. Harrison's agent at the time came out today and said that would have never happened. I would have known about it. Do you think it happens more in the pros than we see, like uh, a player getting fined and his team covering the fine? I don't think that's legal. I don't know. I can't speak to the legalities of it, but I would hope so. You know, like, yeah. You think teams will cover a guy's a guy's fine if, if he I'm broke pl- a league rule? Um, yeah, with it to a point. Like, uh, you know, I I don't know the hit in question, but I mean Harrison is a guy that he's you want him to play nonstop. You don't want him to be worried about say, Oh, well I can't be the Harrison that I normally am because I'm afraid that this is going to take food off my kid's table or something like that. The organization is ask, we're paying you to play a certain degree. And if it's on the edge of the line, if it's on the, you know, maybe it's a step short or whatever, there's, I mean, there's, there's a the gray area for everything. But I think if it's within a, a football play that's um, like, let's say, you know, nowadays with the new rule of the, the targeting and all this kind of shit from the secondaries where you can't really be an Ed Reed anymore because you got to worry about getting fined by the league or getting kicked out of a game or whatever. But there's a, an advantage for teams knowing that you can't do that. And there's an advantage for defenses if there's that fear that Ed Reed or somebody's going to take your head off. You want, if the, the defensive coach, the coaching staff, the organization wants that aggressive defense, that like, don't come over the middle, we're going to you know play as aggressive as possible, and there's a, a bang-bang play that you know is a reactionary thing, an aggressive thing, and you get kicked out of the game and or fined, I, I would not be surprised, and I would hope that the organization is like, cool, not cool, but I'm going to cover that cost because that's the cost of doing business. There wasn't even a penalty on the play. Uh, it was a huge hit. It was a receiver catching the ball on a five-yard slant, so right where the linebacker kind of sits, and Harrison caught him. Like, it's not like Harrison headhunted him. He just he was right in his field of vision, and he caught it, landed. Anyway, the hit, it, it's, I think everything in, in question is more the acceptance of money and whether that happens more in the league or not. I think you're right. I think it probably does. I don't think there was a bounty on this guy. I think this is more of this is kind of a non-story. I think it's just going to this will blow over. But you know they're making a little bit of a big deal of it. Harrison went off. He doesn't. He barely posts. When he does, it's usually him lifting a thousand pounds. But um, today he just went off, and he was like, I don't know where this story came from. And uh, uh, you know, Mike T didn't. He didn't tell me to do this, and there was no money in this and that. So anyway, uh, you know, like the Steelers don't need any more drama. You think they were out of drama? Speaking of drama, my final football take. Uh, Aaron Rodgers finally spoke publicly today after the uh, 
drafting of a Mr. Jordan Love, his uh, heir apparent probably. And he flat out said, look, I, uh, I don't blame the franchise for wanting to think forward. Um, you know, they have to think of their future. But he, what he said was he wants to play into his 40s. And he hoped to play with the same franchise throughout his entire career. So he's upset not because they hired competition. He's not upset because uh, Jordan loves a bad guy or whatever. He actually says the opposite. He says he's a great guy. I think he's just upset that now he has to think about playing for another team at some point in the next couple of years. And he wanted to stay with the Packers. So he said it was a reality check. He's like, uh, I'm not going to finish my career with the Packers because I want to play into my 40s. Uh, so I think that's what he was upset about. He, I don't even think he, he didn't even care about it not being a weapon that they chose in that spot. So he's mad that he's now has to rethink where he's going to play in a couple of years, if not sooner. Um, what do you think? What do you think? I mean, is he, is he just giving us lip service or no? And I think, uh, well, it's ironic, but he sounded great by the way. He sounded really good. I, I, I really liked what, how he said it. It looked, sounded honest and forthright. So I think, I mean, love will get treated exactly the way that Rogers got treated by Favre. That's how Rogers knows how it is. But this situation is exactly the same as when they drafted Rogers and Favre was still there. Favre was in the same mentality, wanted to play the same amount of time, <clears throat> you know, wanted to stay with green Bay. So how Rogers treats love um, is going to be directly related to how Favre treated Rogers. So whether it was nurturing and he's going to you know, feel like he's got to do the same thing or if he's going to have some resentment towards Favre because he didn't do X, Y, and Z and now he's going to be the bigger man or he's just going to be, you know, if Favre didn't do anything and Rogers still turned out okay and Rogers like, well, you figure it out. I got my own shit to deal with. You know, who knows? But, yeah, um, yeah. you know, the situation is almost eerily identical to what it was before. It worked out for them once. They're hoping it works out again. I don't think Love's in Aaron Rodgers, uh, but this is very early to tell, and I don't have a lot of experience watching him. Um, eh, whatever. It is uh, it is what it is, but he's in exactly the same boots. He should be talking to Favre now and say, well, how did you deal with it? All I know is this. They're, uh, you know, I obviously read a lot of you know Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and a lot of stuff coming out of Pittsburgh, and there could be a reason why they didn't draft uh, Ben's backup because they might see Aaron Rodgers coming in there to finish off his career in Pittsburgh. Once, uh, once Ben disappears, I don't think Ben is going to last another two seasons. I think he may come back this year, but you know, at 38, the guys that he got drafted with Eli Rogers retired, Philip rivers got replaced by Justin Herbert is now in the, with the Colts. Is he, how well is he going to do? So, I mean, father time is undefeated. He hasn't aged like Brady has aged. So, you know, they, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh dropped the ball this, this offseason by not getting a competent backup. So is there some talk there? They, there's, it's a viable uh, uh, author, a viable article. Suge- Suggesting what, Pep? I'm on pins and needles. I cannot take it anymore. Screw it. I'm going to break. Pat, what did he say? What did the author say? Who was it? Who wrote that article? Oh, I didn't get the name. 
Okay, it was a viable uh, author. I, I think it was Ed Bouchette. Ed Bouchette, who writes for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and he's, uh, he's very reputable, has been following the Steelers for years. Big fan of Ed Bouchette. All right, well... Ed yeah. Bouchette called it first, and maybe Aaron Rodgers ends up in Pittsburgh. That'd be interesting. I mean, Favre yeah. stayed in the division because he, you know, had a bit of a, a snarl, I guess, against the the Packers and wanted to have that. But but he did go to New York. He first, did go right? to New York so, first, and then yeah. he sent so. a few text messages, I think, in New York, and then in the Minnesota. <laughs> but anyway, um, oh, that, that deserves a horn right there, my man. It's, 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 well, I never saw the pictures. Maybe it doesn't deserve a horn. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll we got, see where uh, this goes. I got one more thing to discuss, unless you have something you want to add to anything I've just said or you have another topic. But um, where are they now? Darren McFadden. Whatever happened to Darren? He came out of, out of college. He was supposed to be the next Adrian Peterson. He came out of Arkansas. It was phenomenal. A uh, buddy of mine, J.C. Moreau, actually trained him because tra- uh, J.C. was a strength and conditioning coach at uh, Arkansas at the time that uh, McFadden and Felix Jones were both in the backfield back then. That's a decent backfield. Former Cowboy. Uh, both former Cowboys. Both former Cowboys. But I uh, don't know. Uh, I don't know if there's a quiz. I have no idea where he is. But that, uh, that was a lot of talent that actually. Okay. That's now you think I, I should look at the, the yeah. bus to see where he got drafted. To see if he would be considered a draft right. bust, yeah. Yeah. And uh, no, this is not a quiz. This is just more like a, hey, where are they now? Sam Bradford, 2010 uh, first-round pick, just sort of disappeared. No, he's a backup somewhere. Is he even in the league anymore? Yeah, he's, I think he's a backup somewhere. Last time I saw him, he was a backup with the Rams, I think. Was he not? That is correct. Uh, at? 2018 with the Cardinals. Okay, okay. okay. So couple years removed i don't think he has a job right now no i guess not uh sam bradford took a giant step back when he got to the national championship game against the florida gators and got destroyed (laughs) of course there has to be a gator reference in there okay steelers no 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 show would be complete without the gators and steelers my friends that is correct you got anything else i got that's it pal all right well, I got a couple of options to go out to, and this would have been my f- first one. Actually, the hell with it. We're going out to this. Run DMC. Down with the king. Gather or rather for my circle around our loud Just cause brothers are others